Margie, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today with Doug Thomas. I think we're going to focus on managed services and all that they can bring to the table to help out our clients, whether they're in a transaction world or just going along to try to comply with the complexities of tax that have been forever increasing. I think Doug's going to give us some really key things about how to use managed services to manage some of the drivers like people, technology, and costs that companies are dealing with today. Julie, tax leaders have some hard decisions to make about how they're going to get it done. So I'm excited to learn a bit from Doug today. Let's talk tax. You're listening to Tap Into Tax. PwC's podcast series covering current regulatory, legislative, and technology hot topics through the lens of our technical leaders, as well as process and technology subject matter specialists. This podcast features discussions with some of our leading minds around tax, trade, and domestic policy. Stay tuned to our regular updates and subscribe to our series to get notified as new episodes are published. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Tap Into Tax. This is Julie Allen. I'm a tax partner specializing in mergers and acquisitions while also leading teams across our National Tax Services office. Joining me today is my co-host, Margie Dundashaw. And Margie is a tax partner focusing on helping clients achieve more efficient tax reporting and strategy operations. She's also leading many of our tax consulting teams. On today's episode of Tap Into Tax, we're excited to welcome Doug Thomas. Doug is a tax partner who implements operational solutions for tax functions. Doug's specialty is managed services, and he's going to talk to us today about how it can be not only an effective cost lever that tax executives can pull, but also a highly strategic one. We're going to explain some of the tremendous benefits that can arise for both C-suites, tax executives, as well as tax staff. So Doug, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Julie and Margie. I'm happy to be with you today. So let's dive right in. Doug, as the leader of our tax managed services practice, you have had the privilege of speaking with many tax executives and CFOs right now and helping them with their cost, their operational, and their strategic goals. So before we talk more specifically about managed services, would you please start by sharing broadly what you're hearing from our clients in this space? Sure, Julie. Thank you. We are having a lot of conversations in the marketplace right now. What we're hearing just in terms of concerns from our clients really fall into four primary buckets. The first and probably the most prominent, and you'll relate to this very well, is the complexity. Certainly, everybody is concerned about what's going on in the tax environment. We had the experience of tax reform a few years ago. That certainly was not a simplification act. People are just starting to get their head around the new taxing regime that that came from tax reform. We've got the administration's proposals and the Green Book. Even today, in the last couple of days, more information coming out on what might be a massive spending bill. We're looking at what's happening around the world with the OECD and some of the initiatives tax is getting more complex. The ability to comply with tax is becoming more and more challenging every day. The requirements for transparency around the world are are becoming issues for the tax department. It's just raising the level of cost related to compliance. Probably the second thing we hear most frequently is the people side of things. The employment market is really starting to heat up. The tax market 
the unemployment rate's exceptionally low. There are people moving between companies and organizations, and there's a real war for talent and getting the right people into your organization. In addition to that, having the flexibility in a corporate tax department with these ever-changing laws and complexity, you want to make sure that you have the right people to address the issues, but you certainly have to maintain costs and having the right people at the right time is a challenge without leveraging in the support of either a managed service arrangements or tapping into some of the firms. And then again, on the training side, just making sure people understand the latest of what's going on and how it'll affect their organization is really key. Technology is a third thing that we hear from people. Where do we get the budget to maintain the technology, to drive some of the compliance initiatives that we have to keep up with the complexity I mentioned earlier? Should we be outsourcing? Should we be looking at commercial technology? Should we be building something in-house? What's the quality of our data? And how does the quality of that data affect the efficiency with which we can get things done on the technology side? And then lastly, and this one never goes away, to be honest, is cost, right? How do we get things done for less? How do we drive a leaner tax department? How do we make sure that we're getting the most value from the organization without impacting quality, but doing that at the lowest cost possible? So, Julie, those are really the four areas that we hear consistently across almost all industries. And Doug, that's interesting that you say those four different areas, because I agree those themes come up in conversations that I'm having with many clients who have been working in the tax industry for decades. And what we're seeing from a U.S. and a global tax policy perspective is quite unprecedented. And this adds to the stress that tax executives and tax teams were already experiencing. In addition, if the Biden proposals become law, we would effectively eliminate territorial rules and begin to embrace a more current inclusion regime. There could be many changes like new limitations on domestic interest expense, new rules that disallow certain deductions, a lot of changes in the international area. Those are just a few. So many proposals are major shifts from the current law that companies are dealing with right now. And this would cause tax functions to really have to pivot again after they already did that with TCJA. They're going to have to pivot one more time to really comply with the changes in the tax rules. Also, if we look at global tax events, those are adding to the burden. The proposals under the OECD BEPS 2.0 initiatives are unprecedented, and more governments are unilaterally implementing digital service taxes that are applying to a wider range of companies. And as we're expecting governments to shift resources to tax collection and enforcement efforts to address fiscal deficits due to the pandemic, we're also seeing an increase and an increased stress on the tax departments and what they're experiencing. So this all spells more work and analysis for tax. Margie, I don't know if you're hearing the same types of things I am, but I would be interested in your point of view. Julie, I'm hearing some very similar sentiments from all of my clients about how meaningful the changes could be under Biden's plan. In addition, concern over these global tax policy changes that could shift some really long-standing fundamental tax principles. So a lot of my clients are concerned about how this is going to impact the way their tax functions will need to operate going forward and, frankly, how they're just going to keep up and keep pace. So we've seen the operating tempo in tax departments just get faster and faster. Everybody I talk to, they have more to do and less time to get it done. And that adds a lot of pressure to the system. With more on their to-do list, more modeling, more scenarios that they're needing to run, and then also making sure that they're getting it done with the same or less budget because they have budget limitations just like every other department within a company. So it's not simply just incremental compliance reporting tasks 
but also new potential technical areas that they're going to have to tackle for the very first time and make sure that they've got the right resources with the right skills to tackle those first-time calculations. On top of, we're seeing, Julie, like you mentioned, more audits and more controversy. So before any of this new tax law is passed, Right now, they're busily modeling options and proactively informing and educating their C-suite about what these changes could mean for their company and their bottom line and to help everybody avoid some surprises. So tax leaders are trying to figure out how to get it all done. And they're pausing and they're taking a closer look at their departments and how are their departments set up and how are they going to choose to operate going forward so they can get it all done and get it all done well. Doug, there's another option on the table. So to help our listeners level set, managed services is a topic that I'm hearing a lot of my clients talk about. But for our listeners here today, what exactly is managed services? A common question I get all the time is, what is it? And what is the difference between managed services and just a regular traditional outsourcing arrangement? Thanks, Margie. It's a common question and I get it all the time as well. What is managed services and and how does it differ from outsourcing? Pretty simply, outsourcing is really deliverable-based. So it's a defined task that you work with an outside service provider. In our world, we would call it a single engagement. Outsourcing is designed to where, just as example, the tax return, you would provide the data to the outsource provider. The outsource provider would calculate the tax return, review the elections, and give you a tax return back. The tax department largely in control most of the time throughout that process. The managed services, on the other hand, is taking a look at the vertical functions within your tax department. And going back to that tax return, your federal or state tax return compliance function, it would be one where we would assume or the managed services provider would assume responsibility for the entire function. So involved in the data collection, working with stakeholders in the organization to ensure we've got the quality data, calculating the differences between book and tax, taking those calculations and pushing that through the tax return model. And then on the backside, working with the company on supporting the issues that may come up in a controversy setting. So really taking the entire function, the operations, certain operational functions from the organization and doing them and working with the company to do that as part of the tax department. Some of the other things that we hear in the market, so once you establish the fact that managed services is different than outsourcing, we do have a couple of questions that we get pretty regularly from the C-suite. And probably the most prominent is, okay, I think now that I understand managed services, I'm really worried that if you take on some of the people from our organization, or if you take on some of the functions from our organization, that we may lose the historical knowledge that we've built up over time with respect to the issues that we might have. And the answer to that is very simple. Most of the time, and almost all the time, we take people from the organization in a managed services arrangement. We rebadge them over to PwC. So we retain that expertise and that knowledge. But then we also have a very comprehensive process for transformation where we understand those issues and in working with the company to ensure that we have an understanding of what the key aspects are of the tax function. What's the risk that the tax department's willing to take on? Where are we with respect to certain controversies and those kinds of things? We've also established within our group, separate from the rest of the practice, a special group that has in-house experience. Over 700 people that have come from corporate organizations that are really comfortable working in an environment inside a company. So it gives you a sense that they've been there, they've done that, they've worked in that environment. And I would say, Margie, the other big question that we get a lot is, 
well, is managed services the whole tax department? Or do we just send everything to you? Or is there some things that we need to retain? It's a fantastic question. And the answer is different for everybody. And what I usually say generally is look for the things in your tax department that are core to your business. I'll give you an example. Some of the financial institutions that we work with might say, we have a products group. And that products group has tax people embedded in it. And those tax people review the tax implications of the products that we sell directly to our customers. I would say that's pretty core to your business. Probably not a function that you would use a managed service for. However, if you look at things like tax compliance, that complexity that we talked about earlier that's driving an increasing cost to the tax compliance, If you look at things like controversy where outside tax authorities are coming into your organization and sending a tremendous number of information requests into the organization, not highly value added things to your organization, not core to your business. Those are the types of things that you should consider a managed services for. And that's going to be very different for each organization as you go through the process of really understanding what makes the most sense operationally for you. So Margie, that's a couple things that we've dealt with. I'm sure there are other questions that come up pretty regularly, but those are really the main ones that I'm thinking about. Thanks, Doug. And it just helped me get it straight in my mind that managed services, historically, it's been a concept for some other company functions, but for tax, it's a newer concept for tax. And I appreciate that PwC was a first mover in this area to create a managed services offering for the tax department and the functions that they provide. As companies are thinking through their options, and one size does not always fit all, so when they're thinking through, when is this a good fit? When is this the right fit? As I've been talking to some companies, they're thinking about options and accelerating efficiencies in their costs. That's been an attractive option for them where they're finding they can save approximately 10 to 20 percent in the cost for their tax function. And those savings are it's not a one time cost. It's a structural change to their budget. It's a one time change. It's a permanent reduction in their budget. And they find that very attractive. I'm also finding some companies where, you know, is this the right fit for them? It's a department that needs to run lean. However, we got to be careful about what does running lean mean? They also want to make sure they're not just focused on cost cutting. They want to make sure the quality is there, they're fit for growth, and that they're aligning the costs with their department's priorities and just making sure that they're spending their budget on the things that are important to them and they're not having leakage on areas that they wish they could have, would have, should have handled a little more tightly. Some of the other things that I'm hearing from the companies that I'm working with that are exploring the managed services model is that they can't get it all done at the speed that they expect or their company desires. And they just need more capacity to tackle all the things on their to-do list. But sometimes they're having trouble hiring the right people and retaining the right people at the price point that they can afford while still properly navigating all the complexity and all the deep subject matter expertise that they need so they can get their calculations done right and timely. And then one of the last things that I'm seeing is echoes of the point that I just mentioned previously is not having the right mix of in-house knowledge and skills. Because as the tax law is changing, as their company is growing, they're coming across new technical areas all the time. And their people are smart and capable of learning and growing, but getting it done fast enough while dealing with potentially turnover and dealing with potentially difficulty finding resources, particularly when we're in a hot labor market, it's been a challenge. So managed services can quickly help those tax departments get to a more balanced resourcing approach that they found attractive. So for those kinds of companies with those types of dynamics, managed services, they're exploring it as an option. 
So Doug, when you're talking with people, what other common denominators or factors are you seeing? Margie, that's great. And a super summary. You've hit most of it really, really well. But just a couple things that are very specific that we're seeing where managed services makes a ton of sense is we've had a couple companies come to us that have struggled with either deficiencies or in some cases, material weaknesses in their internal control environment. And anytime you have something like that, where you really need to look hard at the company's process and how they deal with the internal control infrastructure, you're looking at some sort of a transformation. And in many cases, a major transformation, particularly with respect to the calculation of the tax provision on a quarterly or annual basis. As you go through that transformation process, managed services is always a great option to consider because you have to go through a transformation to get it right. You have the opportunity to leverage a relationship with a managed service provider that will give you access to the resources that you need at scale when you need them in an effort to mitigate some of the challenges that you had in the internal control space. It allows you to scale up when you need more resources. It allows you to scale back when your business as usual. The other very specific area where we see managed services is a strong consideration is in the M&A space. So many of our clients to date have gone through either a spinoff transaction where the company has to consider that build versus buy. Do I build a tax department from scratch in this environment where strong talent is hard to come by? Or do I buy this service particularly related to the operations of the tax department in the form of managed services? Along with that decision becomes a decision of, do I build the technology or do I buy commercial technology or do I leverage what the managed service provider has from a technology perspective that's already in place? That's a big decision. The other side of the equation is when you have two companies coming together. A couple of our clients are situations where companies have merged and they took two tax departments. And the cost, if you will, of two tax departments coming together, in some cases, they may be on completely different technology platforms. They may have a completely different well, ERP systems and the data that rolls up in an effort to do both the financial statement reporting as well as a tax compliance reporting. And the managed services model allows you to work with a provider to bring that together consistently and really bring the people into the organization that you need to have for your purposes, but allow highly talented, highly skilled people that you would have otherwise been redundant in the combined organization. In a managed service model, if those folks are rebadged to your managed service provider, you still have access to those people. But from an efficiency perspective, they're working on other clients too. So you don't need 100% of their time. You just need their historical knowledge of the organization and making sure that you understand historic positions and otherwise but you don't have to pay to keep them on staff. You're actually working with the managed service provider to eliminate some costs in that regard. And Julie, maybe flip it back to you because I know you're in the M&A space. You probably see the M&A piece of this a lot. Yeah, Doug, absolutely. I think the points that you and Margie have both made are very critical and we're seeing it day to day in the M&A space. A couple of the points I want to come back on that you both highlighted, a couple of the critical drivers for using managed services were really that mix of knowledge and skills and then the speed of how they have to tackle transactions or how they're tackling the use of a lot of detailed information. The M&A environment right now continues to heat up and be on an incline. And so with the pace of transactions quickening, in addition to the amount of transactions that companies are going through, this places a lot of pressure on the 
C-suite and on the tax executives to really drive efficient post-integration transactions, if you will. And they really need to focus on the cost savings while they're still trying to focus on all of their strategic priorities and capturing those synergies. And I think some of the points that you both raised These strategic focuses can be competing with turnover or with the other types of issues that they're dealing with on a long to-do list. So these pressures really come to light when both the target and the acquirer have large tax departments. It then becomes a monumental task for the tax leaders to really integrate quickly and efficiently without creating new risk. So it's a constant balance of cost savings, limiting risk, and then trying to benefit with their own tax department or bringing in managed services to help them. So I'm hearing a lot about managed services and that it can really be a perfect fit in these situations, and especially in the M&A and the transaction environment that we're in right now. One other point that I'll just note is that in an M&A context, a really well-planned transition is critical for day one capabilities. This is key for companies. And so I think that managed services can be an important pillar for success with these companies. Doug, I welcome your thoughts about that day one point of view and about any transitions or types of modeling that you're seeing companies do and maybe some practical tips for success or points that they can do that would make this successful and seamless. Julie, you're exactly right. I can't stress enough the importance of a solid transition plan. As I've mentioned, whether it relates to the M&A environment or not, the transition to managed services is a major transformation for the organization. And it's an opportunity to get things right. It's an opportunity to take the best of what you've done historically and combine that with the efficiencies and new technology and automations that you can use in the future to make it even more efficient and eliminate some of those tasks that were either redundant tasks or things that did not add value to the organization. So we've learned a lot in the last four years. I'd love to say it was perfect from the beginning, but we actually, most of our transformation strategy and plan that we use with our clients today was developed in the in what I'll call the school of hard knocks because it was mostly learned through some of our early engagements. But today, I would say it's a market differentiator for us. We really focus hard on trying to make sure that we're driving a transformation or transition process that's really effective for the organization and leads to the most efficient process at the end that yields the outcomes that we really want to have and to generate the success that we need. And it includes several steps along the way. I think about things like immediately after a company decides to do managed services and informs their people, we do knowledge capture meetings. So we sit down with the people of the organization that are either retained in the organization or rebadged to us in the form of the managed services engagement. And we just capture all the knowledge, a daily process. What do you do? How does it work? What are your data sources? Those kinds of things. We then look hard. We map the processes out. We put together a technology roadmap. What's going to work best for the organization in terms of long-term success? And that may well be our proprietary technology. It may well be sticking with the existing commercial technology that the organization has or a combination of both. So we really spend a lot of time up front. We did a managed service arrangement with one of our clients in the financial services space, and the CFO really wanted to start the arrangement on the beginning of the calendar year. In his mind, it was January 2nd. And so I explained, I said, January 2nd, isn't your press release date like January 16th? Your folks are going to be doing the provision. And he said, yeah, but I really want to see if we can get this done. We went through an exhaustive transformation plan with the organization, understanding exactly what people do, 
We transitioned the entire team over to the organization on January 2nd and did not miss a beat with respect to the ability to deliver the tax provision and the earnings release on January the 16th for that organization. And that's when I knew we were doing something right. So it was a very rewarding, obviously very stressful process, but very rewarding process for us. Another key to the success that we found is to have a robust governance model for oversight over the managed service arrangement. And this oversight model is really important for us to be able to align with the organization strategically. It includes a steering committee and an operating committee, a lot of detail there, but the steering committee really focused on not only the tax department, but the finance department as well. So the CFO is usually a member of that committee. Our goal there is to make sure that as a managed service provider, we're aligned with the strategy, not only of the tax department, but the organization. And we're focusing our resources in the right direction. That steering committee oversees an operating committee that's involved in the nuts and bolts day-to-day of the operations of the tax department itself or the operations that we're responsible for and driving success on a day-to-day basis. Doug, I've got one final question for you. This feels like a big decision and it feels like a change. And as this managed services concept is getting more embraced by C-suites, we're getting asked about it more and more every day. How do you suggest tax executives address the situation? It's a great question, Margie. And it is definitely something that as it becomes more prominent in the market, that both the C-suite and the boards of organizations are starting to experience tax managed services. So it's an almost inevitable for a VP of tax to have the question come, you know, what's your view on managed services? My reaction, of course, is to embrace the discussion. Let's have a conversation and talk about what managed services might mean to the organization. Don't be intimidated by managed services. It's not a takeover of the tax department. It's actually a collaboration between you and the managed service provider to find the things that make the most sense to leverage a managed service provider for. As we talked about earlier, where are the places where we could gain efficiencies through the use of a managed service provider's technology? Or where are the places where we need transformation in the department? And managed services should be an option for that. And so my advice is basically just just embrace the conversation, talk it through, have an open mind, because there are certainly aspects of the department that could very well fit within the managed services model. And we'd love to have the conversation. Doug and Margie, thank you both for sharing all of your great insight on this topic. Doug, I think you've really highlighted some key pieces for tax departments and for C-suites to think through as they're looking at their governance models, as they're seeking to gain those efficiencies and really accelerating transformation. So thank you for all of your insight on that topic. There's more to come in our Tap into Tax podcast series as we continue to share insights about the challenges and opportunities organizations are facing right now. So thanks again, Doug and Margie, for your time today. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. And we look forward to speaking with you soon. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.